1: I'm Alexis Madrigal. The H-1B visa program is supposed to bring in-demand, highly skilled workers into U.S. companies that can't find enough domestic workers. The H-1B holders are supposed to be paid the same wage as U.S. workers, who kind of do the same thing. But there's a big and almost impossibly dumb loophole. If a company hires an H-1B worker through a contractor, that places that person into a different and lower salary pool. So the same worker passed through this middleman company gets far less pay, which means lower costs for tech companies that hire through outsourcing firms. This is the key mechanism that the Economic Policy Institute says is responsible for tens of millions of dollars in lost wages for H-1B holders. And while it's bad for them, it's also bad for U.S. workers who have to compete with extra low-cost H-1B holders. So here to talk about this H-1B problem is Ron Hira, one of the authors of this new Economic Policy Institute report, also an associate professor of political science at Howard University. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me on, Alexis.
1: So, uh, Ron Hira, the the problems with the H-1B program have been in the news for years, particularly around here. You know, we've we've heard a lot about it. So what's the specific new information that's in this report?
2: Yeah, so this is the first time we've had uh, a window into the inside uh, strategy of one of the major outsourcing firms, one of the major users of an H-1B, of the H-1B visa program. Uh, It's a company called HCL. And so this is really new uh, information, detailed information. And the author of the uh, presentation is, in fact, the company itself showing how it basically cheats the system and cheats uh, wages out of their H-1B workers. Yeah.
1: Want to note also that we did in fact contact HCL, invited him to come on the show. Perhaps not surprisingly, they said no. Um, give us some of the details on how this process kind of works and what the sort of scale of this wage theft, as you call it, uh, is.
2: Yeah. So the H-1B visa program is a guest worker program. So, uh, folks are here and their legal status in the U.S. is dependent on their work and on their employer. So every guest worker program is vulnerable to abuse. Those workers are in precarious positions and situations because their livelihood and their status living in the U.S. is dependent on what their employer uh, decides. And so, um, Rightly, we put in safeguards or Congress put in safeguards to ensure that these workers are not mistreated. Uh, The problem is that the Department of Labor uh, has essentially eliminated those safeguards uh, through a series of really bad decisions. Um, And as a result, these H-1B workers, we conservatively estimate based on HCL, which is just one of many of these outsourcing firms, is underpaying or cheating its uh, H-1B workers out of about $95 million a year. $95 um, million a year. Yeah, so you talk about that year after year, and then you're talking about dozens of these firms. Most, the majority of the H-1B program is being used by these outsourcing firms. And so this uh, not only cheats those H-1B workers out of wages, it has a depressing effect on the labor market overall. It undercuts US workers and their bargaining power. Uh, It takes away job opportunities from those workers, and it also speeds up the offshoring of jobs. And it it creates a fissuring in the labor market. So let's say University of California, which used HCL, decided to replace its U.S. workers, its UC workers, University of California workers with H-1Bs. It could not do this directly, but because it does it through a contractor, through HCL, all of a sudden Department of Labor says all those safeguards uh, go away. And so it leads to this uh, sort of outsourcing contracting model, uh, especially in Silicon Valley, uh, where we see, this getting speed, speeded up, and that's bad for everybody. It's and and it's bad for the H-1B workers. It's bad for U.S. workers. So you're talking about tens of billions of dollars of impact here on wages. And it's not as though those wages just sort of disappear. They're going into the pockets of the employers. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just kind of amazing that you know by legislation, we've sort of agreed on that this program should have a certain kind of ethical status. But if we just introduce this middleman, then that sort of washes those ethics away. Uh, we want to hear from you. Are you a contractor who's lost wages because of this H-1B visa loophole? Or are you an employer who relies on H-1B visa workers? Is it working effectively? Give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can get in touch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, KQED Forum, or you can email your questions or comments or your experience as an H-1B worker to forum at kqed.org. So, you know, why hasn't the Department of Labor taken a more aggressive stance Given that this, this what seems to me kind of like a scam, basically it's it's frankly pretty obvious, and everyone seems to know that this is exactly what's going on.
2: So there's been dozens of stories. Uh, your listeners might know about the University of California, eighty workers had to train their H one B replacements, so not only losing out, but actually forced to train their replacements. Disney had 250 workers, Southern California Edison, 400 workers. New York Life was a 1,000 workers, U.S. workers. Um, so this has gone on. We've had congressional hearings where workers have actually testified. I've testified a, a number of times before both the Senate and the House. So it's well understood. The problem is that the Department of Labor has made bad and flawed interpretations of those safeguards. And you know that's the bad news, and this has been under multiple administrations, both Republican and Democrat. Um, the good news is that the Department of Labor can fix this. We don't need to change the law. It's just a matter of the Department of Labor stepping up and actually enforcing the law, the Justice Department investigating this kind of fraud and wage theft that's going on. Um, and so that, those are the sort of steps forward. It's a question of political will, uh, by the Department of Labor. I mean, it's their duty to enforce the law. That's why we have the executive branch, right? The, the legislative branch writes the laws, the executive branch enforces the law. They're not enforcing the law.
1: So, I mean, this seems um, sort of obvious, but just to make sure it's said, you know, obviously some people think this is a, a program that is working just the way they want it to and are probably been in contact with the Department of Labor saying, hey, this is working great. Why Why change things? Do we know who has been sort of pushing to keep the H-1B program working uh, as it does?
2: Yeah, the, the politics of this is pretty straightforward. The people who profit from the, the wage theft are uh, are lobbying very heavily in favor of the H-1B program as is. So this includes the tech industry. Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, has underwritten Forward.us, which is very active in Washington, D.C., has been... Uh, active in writing op-eds in the Washington Post, uh, supporting more H-1Bs and the existing system, uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Of
1: course, they deal more broadly with immigration, too, as well, right, forward.us?
2: Well, this is the big ask in Washington for forward.us, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has asked for doubling of the H-1B program. Um, And they've prevented any kind of sensible reform. In addition, you've got immigration lawyers who uh, earn a lot of their living off of uh, processing these H-1B visas. And so they have a lot of expertise and they're quite active in Washington, D.C., pushing for uh, more H-1Bs and preventing these kinds of reforms because it might – it might impede some of their uh, revenue flows from H-1Bs. Mm-hmm. So you've got a very active business community that's profiting very handsomely from this uh, wage theft. And the the flip side, you know, our democracy is supposed to be, you know, countervailing forces and and a pluralism. Uh, the workers are not organized in any real way, and no one's really representing them mm-hmm. in Washington to try to push for real reform. Yeah.
1: We're talking about the H-1B visa program and some newly revealed uh, information about how underpaid some H-1B workers are. We're joined by Ron Hira, an associate professor of political science at Howard University and a research associate with the Economic Policy Institute. He is the co-author of the report on alleged wage theft in the H-1B visa program and author of the book Outsourcing America. We'd like to add in a couple other voices into our conversation. Um, Welcome to the show, Salil Chaudhary. He's a former consultant with HCL Technologies. Thanks for coming on. Salil, do we have you? We also have Sophie Alcorn, founding partner of Alcorn Immigration Law in Mountain View, We'll get uh, Salil off mute in a, in a second here. Um,
4: Sorry about that, guys.
1: Oh, hey, um, no problem. There we go. Hi, Salil.
4: <laughs> Hi, uh, so basically one of the things which uh, Ron has been focusing on is what we can see. What I'm going to share with you is what is not even visible to us. So I was a consultant to HCL. They basically made each one of us work 80, 70 to 80 hours a week. Mm. But in, For me, as a consultant, they had to pay me for any extra hours I worked, they had to pay me. So they kept promising me that they will pay me for all the extra hours. But when I kept on making the noise, after four or five months, they decided to bring another H-1B guy who I had to train under me, and basically he took over the job. So think about it, that for 80 hours a week, he's going to work for the same salary, which is possibly approved by the U.S. government or the U.S. U.S. system and then uh, take away two jobs. This is one of the things we these companies are doing. They're making all the H-1B people work as many hours a week they wanted them to work because they are stuck. They cannot get out of that company because the green card process earlier used to take two to three years. But now it's taking 10 to 15 years. So those H-1B Workers are now stuck with you for 10 to 15 years. They would not leave the job. They would work for whatever way, whatever salary you will pay and mm. whatever hours you make them work. The second thing they were doing was they were bringing people from India who we are only allowed legally to bring on B1 visas to come and listen to the client for any new projects, but they're not allowed to legally work. But I saw them coming here, traveling every other week and being here for weeks or maybe a month or more and working on the client side for indian salaries mm.
1: mm-hmm.
4: what the process is becoming all these indian companies are making it the scam bigger and bigger and there is no stopping them
1: you know Salil, let me ask you one uh, quick question before we get to sophie uh, alcorn founding partner at alcorn immigration law i mean the indian economy and particularly the it sector have been growing uh, it's a it's an increasingly powerful economy is there a, a way that there may just be less uh, available labor that will actually people who want to come from India because no. of the kind of conditions that you're describing?
4: No, I, I recently was in India and every kid wants to go into computer science. Like the other, other uh, engineering's are basically now less in demand because everybody hmm. either within India, there's so much growth there is so much requirement for computer science as well as all foreign countries are pulling Indian uh, professionals. So basically one of the options again to discuss is why do we have more than 70 to 80% H1Bs coming only from India? Why not from South America? Because Indian, Because the US companies are hiring Indians to become the project managers whose responsibility will to keep the cost lowest possible and hire people from India only. It's becoming bigger and bigger.
1: Hmm. Sophie Elkhorn, um, lawyer, you've been listening to us talk about H-1B, the problems with it. Obviously, you're in immigration law. Does this strike you as kind of a fair description of the way that the H-1B program does actually function?
5: This is definitely, and thank you so much for having me on the show, this is definitely a component of the H-1B landscape. It is not the entire field, but the H1B system is super messed up. Uh, and these are, are definite real concerns that happen. Um, I often tell my clients if I could just wave a magic wand and you could follow your dreams, what would you do if, if I could erase immigration as an obstacle for you pursuing your path in life and, and following your heart. And, uh, I, What what Ron said about the American immigration lawyers uh, lobbying in Washington, I would be so happy if the system were fixed and if I did not get any revenue from it. I mean, what I do now is I work with a lot of early stage technology companies that are rapidly scaling in the United States, and they rely heavily on this program. A lot of the founders have come from India and China with jobs at big tech companies on H1B. And now they need to find a way to innovate in the United States, create their own companies, work legally, create more jobs for Americans. But the trend I see with early stage startups is they're not even gonna mess around with these consulting companies. They're just offshoring and hiring contractors Mm -hmm. directly in Latin America, um, Central Asian countries. Um, So the trend is um, the newer companies are completely bypassing the system and getting access to even cheaper labor yeah. around the world.
1: Ron Hira, um, you are author of the book Outsourcing America. I assume you, ha- you have also seen this trend as well. What do you think should be done?
2: Well, I think that uh, H-1B workers should be paid a fair wage, right? I mean, the most basic safeguard that we should have is, uh, is that H-1B workers should be paid the market wage and that can be done, and the Department of Labor could do that. They've chosen not to do that. They've actively chosen not to do that, and that's, that's the most fundamental problem. If I'm a business person uh, that Sophie is, uh, is representing, I'd be stupid not to hire the, the lower-paid H-1B worker who I can control versus paying market wages in the U.S. So that's the most fundamental fix that needs to be done. Globalization will happen, and most of the IT work is done through a global delivery model, the question is not everything can be offshored, like Sophie's saying. Uh, It's it's about a 70 to 30 percent ratio. So 70 percent of the tasks get offshored. About 30 percent are geographically sticky. They have to be done in the U.S. Mm -hmm. The question is, is that 30 percent of work, is that going to be done by U.S. workers or is it going to be done by cheaper H-1B workers? And that's really the fundamental problem. Not only is your job getting offshored, you're also being undercut by lower cost H1B workers at home. And so I think that that's more of a distraction, the kinds of things Sophie's talking about. And some of those founders might be being crowded out by these outsourcing firms in terms of the limited number of H-1Bs. So Ron, let me throw
1: a, one I more know. comment at you from a listener just before we run out of time. Um, James writes, the tenor of the discussion suggests that the middleman, HCL, is fraudulent. They exist with the staffing industry that has been around for many years. It adds value to the process by recruiting candidates and finding homes for them. Is this really, quote-unquote, wage theft, or is it really just staffing? Are they not adding value?
2: So it is wage theft because they're breaking the the law. Uh, the H-1B worker is supposed to be paid something called there's a term of art called the actual wage and so if you read our report we go into detail on this. The actual wage means that HCL must pay its H-1B workers the same that it pays its U.S. workers in the same kinds of positions. And what this document shows is that almost every single role, the H-1B workers are being paid forty dollars or $50,000 less than the U.S. employees. So that's a direct violation. This seems like pretty clear-cut fraud. It's wage theft.
1: Um, Jeff writes, Although I'm highly appreciative of the tremendous efforts of our international guest workers, I do think it's a shame that these companies do not hire permanent current citizens. Why can't we begin training our citizens to do this work? We've been talking about loopholes with the H-1B visa program. We have been joined by Ron Hira, Associate Professor of Political Science at Howard University and a research associate with the Economic Policy Institute, who just put out this new report on the H-1B visa program. He's also author of the book, Outsourcing America. Thanks for joining us, Ron. Thank you. But also, we're joined by Sophie Alcorn, founding partner of Alcorn Immigration Law in Mountain View. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. And of course, Salil Chaudhary, a former consultant with HCL Technologies who actually went through this program. So I'm so glad that you were able to join us and share your experience, Salil.
4: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina Kim.